Sega. So I'm here with Eric from the R podcast. He knows all kinds of high tech things that I don't understand about R. But we are here. I would say not to apologize, but to eulogize the glory of Sega as it was. Eric, would you agree with that? I fully agree with that. And certainly for context, our episode way early in your gamer radio life did have some hints at this, but we're gonna we're gonna take it up another notch this morning. Yeah, I'm good with it. So let's just start right at where things went to hell. The 32X. Why? Oh, it's a question we ask ourselves to this day, isn't it? This is the symptom of the biggest misstep and misread of the market here in the North America region as any company could ever do. And we know who is at the forefront of this, and we're going to talk about him very shortly here. But Are you talking about my client? I am not an attorney in any state or province or territory of the United States. But for the purposes of Gamer Radio, I am Tom Kalinsky's defense attorney. Yes, and I'm coming with all the ammo I could have to put a few holes in this defense. So yeah. it's the United States against Tom Kalinsky today. Or is it the world? I feel like it's the world against Tom Kalinsky. Yeah, you can't just segment. This is the entire world coming at you. Buckle well, up. I feel my first motion is you have a conflict of interest if you're the world. Because Sega of Japan was a co-conspirator. There may be a little hint of a nugget to that, but let's be mm. honest here. What an absolute... I'm a lawyer. I can't be honest. Oh, yeah. My bad, of course. Yes. Or I'm, um, I'm again, playing a lawyer on a podcast where I know I am not an attorney. I write scary robots for a living. <laughs> I write Just scary want to make that code s- for a living. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make that super clear. Right. Of course, of course. And yeah, I certainly don't play one on radio either. It was, let's also step back to the conflict over the philosophy behind the Sega Saturn. That's a big piece in this too. Now, the defense does not stipulate. I feel the Sega Saturn should be inadmissible on the grounds that it sucks the big one. Oh, of course. Yeah, they didn't help themselves of any favors technically. And also the launch was pretty poor at best. And the other factor was it was just simply too expensive for many people. At least that was in the eyes of your client that the Saturn was just going to be too expensive. And the North American market needed something that was more accessible to give them that that kind of nice compromise of power, but yet very easy to add on to what they already have. And why not put this big old brick on top of the Genesis and call it 32X when you have, hey, pretty nice graphics, I'll say, but you didn't really do anything else. And by the way, yeah, your counterparts in the eastern part of the world in Japan didn't think anything nice about this. They were like, what are you thinking? So my client will stipulate to that our Japanese colleagues did at the time in 1998 and currently in 2023 they did then and they still do think we suck they think my client is an idiot they are willing to sign affidavits to this effect i feel like we can just stipulate the sake of japan thinks that my client is a more i won't really disagree with that savage just, i am savage. Like, yes i'm coming guns a blazing on this as i right. say so it, it, you no. you missed one key flaw not to break my role here as the defense 
Remember the little metal bars you had to put in the 32X to stop it from lighting on fire? Oh, trust me. I was going to get to that. All right, go. Because this, yeah, it's one thing to have a little add-on. They actually did this kind of effectively in the early days of Genesis with something called the power-based converter, where you could play your trusty 8-bit Master System games. It was just a very easy thing you put on and turn off or slip off. Fine, dandy. You piloted that. That worked well. But yeah, for this thing, now you have to put this abomination of metal plates to supposedly suppress an electric fire hazard. You can't even get the thing off after you put it on. You're stuck. At least I was when I had this. So that's not a good look for people. So you just I, I did literally machine. have it. And you could get it off if you had the 25 minutes required to get it off. No, that's all well and good for you. I actually wanted to care about my system and making sure it was in pristine condition. I was afraid of ripping off damaged. the entire... Right. Yeah. Why would anybody want to do that to this system that at the time the Genesis was released? Of course, back then, you know, inflation is not going to be kind to us, but that was pretty expensive back in those days, buying 16-bit systems. And you don't want to rip the guts out of that thing because you got greedy and wanted to actually take out something you put in. Crazy. That was a bonehead decision right off of that. And honestly, yeah, the launch of that probably not the most smooth. There are a couple nice titles, and I did defend that piece of it a little bit in the last episode we were on, but not nearly enough to dissuade. We could stipulate the marquee title was the X-wing right fighter game, the Star Wars. I can't remember the name. Damn, damn it, it's a clone of an arcade game. Yeah. I just call it Star Wars arcade. That was the way I referred. I think to it. it was Star Wars arcade. Yep. I, that's actually what it was on the box. You're right, Star Wars arcade. There was no Sonic. There was a Sonic game, but it was weird. It was weird. They tried to do something different. That was yeah. a long time to do something different on that system, it, for sure. I will tell you, I was a diehard Sega fan. And, of course, a young, at this time, boy with limited resources. And my mom bought me the 32X. I did not know it was already 80% off when she bought it. <laughs> Which my poor mother maybe should have realized that in itself might be a problem. But I only had ever had two games for it. So, the uh, Star Wars X-Wing game, the Star Wars arcade, and some Sonic game, but it wasn't... It was super lame. It was like... Knuckles Chaotix, right? That's what it was. Yes. It wasn't really Sonic. Yes. And that's the problem. <laughs> it's not the best situation to have your supposedly next savior of the next-gen hardware market be saved by basically an experiment that honestly didn't fly very well. I had a few other titles, and I am, again, confession time, I did pay full price for that thing, and what a, oh my gosh. Awful choice. My client agrees with you. Well, see, I'm not all savage here. I'm going to give you a few nuggets here. All right, right. (laughs) because I'm the worst defense attorney ever anyway. I'm like, yeah, he did it. Why do you think he has the glove, idiot? I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes, there were a couple gems on there, I admit. I do stand by their port of virtual racing. (laughs) I love that to heck in the arcade. And this was pretty darn close to being a perfect conversion. But the other ironic part is my favorite games were arcade conversions of games of yesteryear at that time. And that was Afterburner and Space Harrier. They were literally perfect arcade ports, but they better be because those arcade games were released in the late 80s. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. 
as that's, I die. That's crazy. That's just crazy that I got so much enjoyment out of that. But then I thought to myself, wait a minute, I just paid that amount of money for those arcade ports. What else is on this thing? That's Yellow flag about. here. We have to take a detour. Of course. My son is seven. He'll be seven actually in a couple weeks, Eric. Yeah. So happy birthday, Reese. He, I bought him because I'm an insane person. A PS5, an Xbox S. And when I say him, you can put that in the nastiest of sneer quotes. No, you feel. A Switch. And you know what he plays? Old school 2D games on the Nintendo emulate. The, what do they call it? The Nintendo. Oh my God, the N- Nintendo, where you can download SNES games, right? Yeah. It's like yeah, the monthly thing. Online store or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Virtual console. Yeah. He's rocking Super Mario 3 right now. Really? Congratulations. But <laughs> you have, he has literally, the way my liver, he has three supercomputers here and he's like, no, I'm good. 19, 1988 is where everything ended. I'm fine. Thanks, dad. And I'm like, Bro, I was born in 88. What are you doing? Oh, oh, oh goodness. If you're going to yeah. be on this detour, it's a perfect time for me to spread Do some it. love for a what hardware gadget that has rekindled all of my favorite retro feelings, and that is the Steam Deck, folks. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. This thing, first of all, Mike knows, and some of you may know, I am definitely a Linux geek at heart. I run Linux all the time here. So this thing is a portable Linux machine as like a secondary feature. But the nice thing about that secondary feature is you can put in what's called Emu Deck, which basically automates almost 99% of you recreating your retro gaming library right here on this friendly Steam Deck, and it can run basically anything you throw at it. And I have never had that experience ever in any kind of portable setup. And it is super easy to set up, in my humble opinion. We've got links in the show notes to a couple of tutorials yeah. that I filed word for word. And I have been geeking out. Um, you heard in the last episode, I'm on the Metroid kick, but now I'm on the Mega Man X kick. And boy, I'm reliving some of the glory days of Capcom platforming goodness. That Steam Deck is amazing. <laughs> no, it's great. So it's far more powerful than the Switch, right? I think a lot of folks using the Switch as a retro console. Yep. And also, I don't know if you heard this, Eric. I think as of yesterday or today... There is an official GameCube emulator and I think an N64 emulator for the Steam Deck. There you go. Yeah, I've been using the Dolphin emulator up to now, but there may be an easier one. I think it actually is. I think they did some kind of nonsense where they now you still have to get your ROMs, which, of course, you have (laughs) legally backed up off of your own cartridges and discs, right? Remember at the outset, we said we're not playing lawyers here for real. So you don't, you take your own legal advice. You know what? You know what? Hell with Nintendo. How many times I've bought Super Mario 3? I can imagine probably in the double digits if you had to look I think, I think everybody at this point, it's, you know, when COVID happened, right? They Everybody got a check for 50 bucks or 100 bucks. <laughs> everybody should get a copy of Super Mario. If you're going to be locked down, you might as well do lockdown in style. <laughs> A little USB key shaped like a mushroom, like a one-up mushroom, of course, because it got to be on brand. Of course. Plug it in your computer, and it figures out. You on Mac, you on Windows, you on Linux. Great, you're playing Super Mario 3 now. What Just can be better? Nintendo not suing us into oblivion. That too, be. yeah, of course. Because I've heard a nasty rumor that Nintendo is a little uh, litigious. Oh, yes, that hit close to home in my Metroid exploits because oh, no. there was a remake Although you can still technically get it of the Metroid 2 
that used to be on Game Boy. And then a very devoted fan, team of fans, recreated it to the style of Super Metroid graphics. So this is your previous episode with Dan, I think, in what was that, episode seven, he was yep. expressing love for Metroid. He would have loved to check this one out. It's Project AM2R. That sounds like another Metroid 2 remake. But I played that instead of the original. And boy, it was a glorious experience. But yeah, Nintendo got wind of that and they put the kibosh well, on. I'll tell you, my other show, Coda Radio on Jupiter Broadcasting, with my good friend Chris Fisher, I used to do a Mario impression. And we got the clever idea, me, my fault, of having the Super Mario World music behind it. Oh. Yeah, that was a mistake. I should have told you about OC Remix back then. <laughs> yeah, it's Nintendo... There's a reason if you ever listen to Coda Radio, which you should, Jupiter Broadcasting. Oh, of course. We don't, we just keep it to Star Trek and Star Wars because Nintendo is, uh, to say their lawyers are paying attention would be like saying the Eye of Sauron is taking a nap. These guys are ready at any point to strike. They're like Cobras. They're there. They're angry. And apparently me going, I'm going to take a shot here. Suicide mission. It's a B, a Mario. Uh Was enough. That was it. With a little bit of the doo 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 after it. Yeah. So no one will ever hear this episode now. No, I'm going to have that. No. So yeah, don't mess with Miyamoto son. He's very aggressive. Yes. Where did we, how did uh, well, we get here? Actually, no, this, I know how to steer us back course on this because you mentioned some rather aggressive suing lawsuits. Unfortunately, this also plays into. Some of the unfortunate circumstances that was experienced in Sega's attempt to rectify this failure of this okay, disconnect. But, but yeah. Who among us hasn't sued Sega? <laughs> I've wanted to sometimes. <laughs> I was like eight and I was like, you know what? To hell with these guys. I'm done. I, you know what? It's, it, there's a nice lawyer down the street. She seems cool. I'm going to give her 50 bucks and see if we Yeah. So tell me about 3DFX and how Sega messed that up. So this is very interesting. As Sega started to figure out, okay, the Saturn didn't quite go as expected. And yeah, this 32X thing was a complete debacle, which yeah, we all acknowledge that. They started work on what later became the Dreamcast. And they were looking at a couple different chip manufacturers to help power the hardware. One of them was 3DFX, which admittedly at that time, I had no idea who they were, but hey, you know what? They're making cool hardware. Be fine with it. And then North America's branch of Sega was looking at a different manufacturer. Let's just take a quick break and breathe. Let's do some yoga. Okay. I'm with you. Okay. Why? Why? As the eternal question. Why would you ever have one company? I want to phrase this carefully. And I'm... I haven't slept. Fun fact, Game Radio fans, I was coding C++ all night. So I'm in a great state. For the Unreal Engine, actually. Very on-brand for Game Radio. Of course. Now, Unreal Engine's a beast, dude. Ugh, those compile times are killing me. I don't envy you. Why would you have one company with multiple divisions that are, in effect, running separate R&D projects for the same product. These are issues that we have tried to uncover and we just have no earthly idea how it even gets near that point because in any other enterprise, any other company that actually has two wits about themselves to do a next-gen 
console development the quote-unquote correct way. Would never in a million years let this happen, but this well, was the, the yeah. The irony, right, is one of the technologies they invested in was Windows CE, yes. which became yes. the platform for the goddamn Xbox. Sorry, you know who's bitter here, but yes, yeah, I'm sorry. Has let's what year is this? 1998, right? Yeah. Yeah. Has Microsoft ever screwed anybody over in the 90s? No. Oh, never, never. We don't never. Even hear any of that. So, yeah. Of course we're going to go we're going to go hug those dudes cuz they seem super cool. God yeah. damn it. They just seem so willing to partner with us and make our Dreamcast the most successful. Oh, and, al- and also, we're secretly drowning in debt, but we're not going to tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. That's information that needs to be swept under the covers, of course. And yes, who uh, knew that this was going to be R&D for, yes, a much more, you might say, killer version of a product later. I will say the Xbox was the best Dreamcast ever. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. Yeah. And, and there are lots of, yeah, so we have this R&D nightmare and it ends up catching up to Sega, whether they liked it or not. Because as they aligned with the other branch of R&D chip, 3DFX said, hey, wait a second, what about us? And yeah, there were lawyers involved. And unfortunately, Sega had to settle for, I don't remember. And Sega's like, here's some money that we don't have. Again, yep, amazing. Just put it on the card. We'll pay for you later. And I'm supposed to be the defense attorney. I'm not doing a very... Great job. You chose Se- it, not me. Sega made choices based on the philosophy that bankruptcy is good. Yeah, I don't quite subscribe to that theory, but maybe it Neither do I. then. Oof. They almost were there, right? We should backpedal. Okay, they make this insane deal. And the, you should talk about, I don't know how much you know about it, but the reason they had their, quote, breakup with 3DFX was so stupid. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, I never got that far down. Though. So you tell right. our listeners. Here uh, I'll go here. on. I'll go on. So the CEO of 3DFX was getting pressured by shareholders on a shareholder call. And he slipped. And he said, it's going to turn around. We're making chips for Sega for their new console next year. And Sega of Japan flipped the hell out. <laughs> yeah, And they demanded. They didn't just... Not only would they not negotiate, like 3DFX actually offered, we're so sorry, he made a mistake, we'll pay a penalty. We'll take a take. We'll take a hit on this, right? Come on, we can work this out. Sega of Japan was like, no, to hell with you, we're never speaking to you again. Bye, Felicia, we blocked you on Instagram. That's <laughs> That was Sega of Japan. Unfortunately, in America, we have a thing called contract law. Yes, we do. Are you... People can make mistakes and like you can renegotiate contracts because they messed up. But you can't like straight up breach the contract and be like, we're not going to pay you anything and just going to pretend like you don't exist. So that's why Sega ended up paying a shit ton of money to 3DFX for literally the pride of the Japanese engineering team. And the irony, this is my bacon, as we say on Jupiter Broadcasting, I'm frying some bacon. I think had they not been like assholes about it, language, you got to blur that out. <laughs> it w- Who the hell knows what a 3DFX chip is in 1999? Because it came out in it was, 1998 is when this all happened. Yep. No one, right? There's five dudes 
And let's be honest, those dudes are buying all the consoles. So it doesn't matter. They should have just taken 3DFX's capitulation that they would take a slightly lower profit margin and not destroyed their company. I don't know. To me, it seems pretty easy, but I'm a guy from Florida who is not a fan of blowing up companies. What can I say? Mike, you're committing the sin here of common sense at this time when there was very little common sense being exercised in their deficiency. Oh, no. Oh, no. There, There are quotes. This was a matter of honor. Oh, no. I literally didn't believe it. I thought that's some racist bullshit that yeah. Sega of America put out to like slay. No, because there's a lot of bullshit that they put out to slander the Japanese. Mm. I'm like, no, they actually said this. They were like, to disrespect the dishonor. I'm like, guys, there's 3,000 people on the planet who understand the difference between these chips. <laughs> Just make them pay a penalty and move on, homies. You'd still be on the con. Actually, they probably wouldn't. They would have lasted more than two years. I think so. I think that could have extended life a little bit. It's like my wife. You could have lasted more than two minutes. Whoa, you said it, not me. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to Sega Saturn myself. (laughs) Too late now. It's on the airwaves. It's uh, recorded forever. This is just one microcosm of just the immense turmoil that happened during a development of what turned out to be, about before, a technically very powerful system that actually is very nice. But they even had issues like deciding if we should even have Sega on the name of the actual system. They were actually so paranoid about Lord. this. It's ridiculous. Just ridiculous, some of these decisions that were made. And the other thing is, so it looks like it uses CDs, right? These are not CDs, uh, my friend. Those are not CDs. These are GDs. I don't even know what the G stands for, but it is basically a somewhere in between the memory of a CD-ROM, which is typically five or 600 megabytes, and a DVD, which is, of course, 4.7 gigabytes or so. This is uh, one do, gigabyte do you know, storage or whatever. Do you know what the G is for? No, no, I don't. Enlighten I actually me. found that out in my research yesterday. Okay. They would have had to pay Sony a license for DVDs at the time. Oh. But they needed more storage. So they invented their own insane format. Oh, my. Always a great choice. Always. You have picked the pain configuration, as we would say in Hellraiser. That's <laughs> Now, I understand their choice, though, because remember, at the time, we laughed, but DVDs, that was, Sony actually did have a pretty, Sony and Philips had the patent. So you had to pay That's Sony true. or you had to pay Philips. That's true. They had a pretty handsome patent on that, and Dreamcast's whole idea was you can make. They were trying to copy the PS One. You can make lots of games very cheaply. That didn't work, not because quite. they had some insane ideas about how the system should work. But y- you, yeah, the G- the GD ROM was how do I put this delicately? Stupid. Keep going. Yep, it was just another example of this. And honestly, once you get past that. It were some other minor things that happened along the development way, but just the fact that it just came too late. This was a symptom of being too late, trying mm-hmm. to rectify the mistakes that they made. But the problem is perception is everything. As we said earlier, we were a little bit perturbed by what happened here in the States with the 32X debacle. Japan itself was deterred on a few things that America was doing, and hence when this thing launched, you could tell it just didn't quite have the full backing of the entire company really behind it. But it did have 
dial-up internet in 1999. Oh, I, believe me, yeah. I the, This is the thing that Which, pains me, friend. Another insane. Oh, you're happy about that. I'm like, another insane. No, I'm pained by this. I'm pained by this because <laughs> this thing was ahead of its time in so many ways. But because of the perception and the missteps along the way, it didn't save the company and it and, and ended up being their last uh, failure. Okay. All right, play okay. it on me. All right, I'm going to do my defensive. God damn it, Tom. Shut up. Stop talking. Every time you say something, <laughs> ruin it up. God, you're such an asshole. Like, really? You didn't make Barbie. You didn't do anything at Mattel. You just put her in different dresses. Can you just go away? <laughs> Can I fire you? Is that possible? What a Good luck. Like, I hate this guy. Sorry. A lot of things happened. My defense of Sega of America. One, the 32X was insanity. Never should have happened. Everybody ate their lunches, right? It, it took mm-hmm. their lumps. The cast was actually good. The Saturn was pretty successful in Japan, but they had a title problem in America. In that well, so. there were four of them. Fair enough. <laughs> four is an exaggeration, but they're, look it up, folks. They're, I'm pretty sure if you had a, one of the big iPhones like I do, the iPhone Max, well, it fits on one screen. Yeah. Yeah. The Dreamcast, though. They partnered with Earthlink. Now, for our younger members of the audience, you don't know what Earthlink is. There's a good reason for that. Oh, yes. They also sucked. Yeah, not the best. Not the best. Yeah. But had they had a better partner, I don't know. Oh, wait, we live in the U.S. There is no good partner for Telco in 1999. (laughs) I was going to say, who are you going to dig up for this? It's pretty tough. I had CompuServe, and my mom kicked my ass. Because I decided it was a good idea to play Dreamcast. It was oh, not a good idea. Yeah, that's going be rough. Kids, back in the old days, we used to pay by the hour. Or the mm-hmm. minute. It was the minute, right? Good reason to go on that dial-up, buddy. <laughs> and I will say that Avril Lavigne is always a good reason to go on that dial-up. Whoa. Yeah, that was a callback. And we do that. Callback? I'm not that old. She's still there. See... No, you know what? Forget about it. Tom, you're great. Eric's terrible. Avril Lavigne's great. It's 2003. We're all happy. Can no? I join you in the fantasy world? Ha. Yes, the gentleman from the great state of delusion will yield the floor now. Um, yeah, go ahead. Tell yeah, me why the, it fell apart. The thing is that this lack of goodwill didn't just impact the audience a bit. Of course, as the Dreamcast is getting announced... Guess who decides to announce that, oh, yeah, we're going to make a next-gen version of a system that actually did really put a dent in the Saturn's plans. Sony decides, hey, we should release something called PS2. So if you don't know, Sony is a small, bespoke suit tailor company out of Okinawa. Yeah, because your client there didn't think they had any knowledge or insight to actually get into this industry. Who are they to get into this? You you know what the worst part is, right? And the worst part is the guy who worked. You, oh, this is ter- this is terrible, Eric. It's really bad. <laughs> they tried to hire the guy who worked for Sony, the Western guy, mm-hmm. it was like the evangelist, the pissed yep. guy, yep. to work for Sega. And he was like, "You guys are idiots! Like, what the hell are you doing? You guys are nuts. They're gonna eat your lunch." He warned them, and Sega was like, "Nah, we're amazing. We're fine." I told you that common you- sense sometimes bites you. <laughs> Oh, so can we backpedal just for a second? Of course. Sony only came into the market, right? 
Do you remember the Nintendo story here? Oh, I love this story, of course. Pure rage, right? Just, yep. just, just honor, like, so Nintendo, and I'll let you tell it. You tell it. Yeah, Nintendo was thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe we could get into this next-gen market with this new platform of CDs. And we could add an accessory to our existing system to basically kind of take the Sega CD approach, but hey, we're Nintendo. We're going to do it right. But we need a partner to do this. And so they mm. worked in the... Well, you'll fill in the blanks here, but yeah. Let's Are they going to do it right? No, I'm questioning if they do it right, but keep going. Oh, that. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's another story altogether. But they figured, okay, maybe we could talk with Sony a bit. They know this hardware market stuff too. We could bring this innovation and we could have this yeah, CD add-on and maybe make some really good money along the way. They backed out of that after some internal discussions, we'll say. And guess who didn't want to back out of that, who felt a little bit in the dust, was, of course, the friends of Sony. They said, what are you doing? This ain't right. You just backing out now? That grudges hold on a long time. And yeah, they held on to this grudge for a bit. And hence, the result of this grudge was PlayStation 1 and the rest is history, as I say. Exactly. It's it's a little... Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, but it's a little more Japanese than that. How can I say it? Of course. He... So there was an engineer named Kutaragi at Sony who was pushing for them to do their own machine. And he ended up talking to the president of Sony, whose name I don't know because I am terrible and horrible. Sony Japan, we're talking about, not Sony mm -hmm. America. Literally in a meeting, he said, so you're just going to let Nintendo insult you like that? And he was just baiting this old older gentleman. <laughs> and th this is where it gets very Japanese. All his advice was like, sir, we just let this one go. Come on, we make all this money. He slams his fist on the table. I will not allow this. This is dishonor. And declares war on Nintendo. And that's why we have PS5 right now. Because one old dude got mad at another old Japanese dude. Two old Japanese guys got pissed off at each other. And yeah, that's why PlayStation exists. Yep. And then, of course, yep. as they decide, wait a minute, now Sega's trying to up the game here a little bit. Yeah, maybe we're in line for a refresh. So imagine you hear this news as Dreamcast is just launching. But here, OK, remember what I said about the launch itself wasn't exactly smooth. Here's the thing. Terrible. Yes. They rushed the darn launch. They did it at an E3, basically, to not only announce it, but retailers. Yeah, we also have to stop. E3 yeah. is a thing that doesn't exist anymore, Eric. We oh, have gosh, this. yes. I know. Oh, boy, you and I so are both E3, showing here. <laughs> back, back in the old olden days when me yes. and Eric and the dinosaurs were chilling, having our <laughs> Magnum mojitos, all the game companies used to cooperate. And weirdly enough, all the tech companies do and have one conference together. We live in hell now, so that doesn't happen. So they all have their own conference. But back in the day, E3 was one conference where they all showcased their stuff together. It was a better time, especially if you were, although podcasting didn't exist back then. But oh, I wish they had. I, I Honestly, E3 would have died if it did. But well, it's, there yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Sony's at E3 about to do a skyhook like Michael Jordan. Go on. Yeah, so th they're using this platform to do this major reveal. But the problem is, who did they not tell about the reveal? The retailers. They couldn't keep enough stock of the thing as it was buying. And they were very mad at Sega about, hey, you told us it was going to be launching later. And oh, yeah, now you just decide to try to one up everybody. But you inadvertently one up us as well. And they're not thrilled about this. So they have very diff much difficulty keeping stock on the retail shelves. 
And then, it's, of course, it's really tough to sell something that you don't know that you're supposed to be selling. I'm just saying. Yeah. So all this great momentum that you're trying to draw up, the problem is you didn't do all your crossing I's, dotting T's, whatever you want to call it, with your actual partners to sell the darn thing. It is. Oh, what a what a what a mess. The, of course. The, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. The other background behind this is the political problem Sega was having. True. The I don't remember the night trap. Is that it? Oh, Night Trap, that you have to go. Yeah, well, it really screwed them over in the the States. And I don't want to describe the game because I know we have kids who listen, but it was a wildly, put it this way, I'm a 30-something-year-old man, mid-30s, and I have a young son and a 15-year-old daughter, and I would not allow... I, I would not play this in front of them. My kids Nor will never see the light of day of this if I can help. It'll, they'll never see it. Like it's, <laughs> it, Thank you, Eric. It's simply, it's forbidden, right? It's yep. just, yeah. Because it is, I honestly think it's worth worse than GTA. It's, I, I in, in a very strange way, I agree with you. Yeah. And Sega, insanely, in my opinion, not Sega, you know what, Tom, you're fired. I'm going state's <laughs> witness here. You're done. You know what? Take a plea. You tried. Insanely, you tried, Mike. You tried. You couldn't make well, lemons like, out of this You have Sonic. Yep. He's making lots of money. You have you have Earthworm Jim on the Genesis. You have Golden Axe. You're doing great. But no, the hill you're going to die on, you're going to fight Al Gore's wife for some reason. <laughs> Tip of Gore. On Night Trap? We're, we're Nintendo's, what are you, an idiot? Nintendo's, okay, he's an ass. I mean, well, yeah, well, Nintendo's like, we make games about Italian plumbers. They're not racist at all. Oh, yeah, they're drunk half the time, but they're fine. Yeah, of course. And they eat mushrooms, but they're cool. These guys have prostitutes in their game. So, you know, what's up with Sega? And Tom Kalinske not only doesn't back down, that man, I've never seen a double I don't want to take. He's like, (laughs) he runs a marketing campaign (sighs) about like how hardcore Sega is. I'm like, bro, have you ever seen a spreadsheet? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you used to sell Barbie, my man. I feel like the guy who made Barbie a hit ought to be able to be like, let's see, violent game with prostitutes, or maybe we do something more inclusive. And I'm not like a DEI person. Like, I'm not being a woke person here. People listening to Carter know I'm neutral, to say the least. But like, I'm not sure that many 15 or 16-year-old girls want to see hookers get beat up in their video games. But no, Tom Kalinske's Barbie was great, but I'm in on this. I am down for Night Trap. What's wrong with... God damn it, you're fired again. Yeah, yeah. You can't fire him enough. They got too comfortable, or he did anyway, into what they thought got them success in the 16-bit wars. And part of it did was to be somewhat edgier, but they took it away too Being a jerk is not a marketing plan. Yeah. Being a jerk. Sega, Sega, that's cool. I get you. Yeah. But just, you know what? I, I, oh my God, I hate you so much, Tom Kalinske. I just, I encourage the audience to go back and watch some of the ads from the mid 90s. Of they're course. bad. They're yeah. bad. They're hilariously and they're like open, bad now, but they're yeah. weirdly offensive. And you can tell it's not, oh, it was a sign of the times or whatever. No, this isn't like they went out of their way to be jerks. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it, it was taking it way too extreme, and they did pay for it, obviously. As you said, the market spoke for itself on this. So you see the system with such really ahead-of-its-time innovations. And you, I'm not alone in saying that. Many in the retro community I have to stop you again. I'm so sorry. Yeah, We totally skipped the Sega channel. 
Oh my goodness, the Sega Channel. How could we skip the Sega Channel, the Netflix of gaming, yes. before the guy who ran Netflix was even a teenager? Yes, this is, again, a team I, that when they get the right mind, they can do some really cool stuff. And this was on the genesis of all things. On the I genesis. had the Sega Channel as a boy. I missed it, and I'm still regretting that to this day. I, I, I scored high on some math test in, I think it was middle at the end of middle school or early high school. <laughs> and my grandfather was like, the Comcast guy came because I needed to install a new cordless phone because, again, we're in the age of cordless phones. <laughs> phone or if you're old, you definitely bought them from the corn. By the way, whole idea. Like, <laughs> the old man got ripped off. Yeah. But worked out for me. He's, you live with me. I'm like, I sure do. He's, you, have a, you have a TV in your room now. I'm like, again, old man. Like, he's World War II sucked, right? So you just got to remember how old this guy is. So you have a TV in your room? I sure do. You have one of those Sega machines. I'm like, yes, I do. He's like, why don't you go on and turn it on? I'm like, cool. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to beat me with some weird Sicilian donkey like horns? Or, I, what, what is happening to me, old Sicilian man? I feel like I'm in danger. So I go up the stairs, I turn it on. But I walk in the room and there are these brown coax cables that look like the Borg Queen coming out of the wall because, of course, the Sega Channel install man isn't exactly the best install man that Comcast or whoever it was could find. Huh. And I turn it on. He's, oh, but they said you have to hit that button first. Look, yeah, I see the thing that you shoved into my Sega. Turn it on. And there's 50 games. Oh, I can I didn't only sleep imagine for three that weeks. feeling of seeing I didn't that. sleep. I, I on, <laughs> He made a wise choice. Now, I'm from up north. I don't know where you all folks are from, but I live in Florida now. Up north, school doesn't get out till the end of June. So it was like, I'm born mid-June. So my birthday, he, this is a gift because I passed the test. He's, but you got to take it in moderation until school's out for the year. But that summer, it was glorious. Man, it was also heartbreaking about a year later. Yeah, because... When the cable... Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> but it oh. worked perfectly. Like, I could not... Earthworm Jim too. I had all these games I'd never had. It... My son has the same experience. I know I'm going on a tangent, but on Xbox Game Pass Cloud Gaming on sure. the Xbox the Series S, yep. as I, I have it set, as long as it's rated E, he can play it. I'm like, yeah, go on. That was an idea. Again, we're talking, let's see, 19... This must have been like 1996, 1997. Yeah, this was the mid-90s, my friend. Right. Just imagine was, this. It's crazy. Right. The old man was like, he thought that he was an old telco guy. He's like, this is the coolest shit ever. Video games suck. Sonic, is, he had some negative things that I won't say on the air about Mario and Sonic. But uh, <laughs> let's just say he invented Slash fanfic. It's oh. really bad. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's rough. He, uh, he doesn't understand why Sonic hangs out with Tails. If only he had lived to see Amy. It uh, would have all been fine. Would have been just fine, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but night. we're talking, let's just give, let's give Sega the benefit here. 1997, literal streaming full-featured games. On demand. Just hey. amazing and they lost. think of that. And they lost. They still lost. And they weirdly decided when they launched the Saturn and the Dreamcast, let's not bring the good thing we just built to that. Oh, no, of course. Keep it on the Genesis. Oh, Crazy. Just these things where it's like you're so close. You were just so tan. That's why Mike and I get fired up about this. They were so close to having this and it's such a ver optimal launch. And they just make these bonehead decisions that when you on their own, they may not seem like a big deal. When you put them all together, 
it just puts everything, everything has to be perfect. And then the, it was most the one that kills me the most is the Dreamcast will be the first online console. But we're going to pretend like the Sega channel never happened. Had they just been like, we have this online gaming service. We have the first online console. How c- I have peanut butter. I have jelly. What can I do here? <laughs> you, it's right in front of your faces and you just can't connect it. It's all. Oh, so just, instead, you get to sign up for a separate internet connection with Epics Online. Oh, that yeah. also. Yeah. That, that flew, didn't it? Oh, what uh, I, my cheek still hurts when my mom is slapping. Terrible. terrible. <laughs> and the worst thing of all is that we definitely could go on another hour about the games themselves. We have to call one game out as really ahead of its time that does not get the recognition that we think it deserves. Dreamcast was the home of a little game called Shenmue. Now, I say oh, facetiously, yes. this was a huge R&D effort by Sega. This was basically a culmination of years worth of ideas in one package where you have really the first, I would say, console-based open world exploration where you could just do random stuff and the game will just keep going. Like it's not going to force your hand. You still have to solve the mystery, but you get to do all these different side quests. Like things like GTA would probably not have existed if not for Shen. I would say it was more advanced than GTA. Remember the, uh, this, this always stuck out to me. So my hand slipped. Remember the barbershop scene? Of course. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My hand, I meant to block his blade. <laughs> but my hand slipped and I didn't. And the old, they're all Japanese, right? You're in Tokyo or whatever. Yep. And the old Japanese guys, good. The discipline went to fight. Not, I'm like, no, man, my fingers are just super greasy and I missed. But it every action, the remember the little... Uh, Oh, you could give the toys to the kids, the little... Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking talking about. about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it actually mattered at the end if you helped the kids. Yep. Of course, you had to wait. play there, yeah. You had to wait three years to figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Time did move. I'll be a bit slowly on that. But no, it was... The one kid in Shenmue 2 comes back, but... Oh, yeah. But they decided not to fund that because, again, Sega, best business ever. Awesome executives. <laughs> Put it to you this way. I actually have been meditating. I've been studying Eastern philosophy. Oh, good. Only to be able to read the minds of Sega executives and do <laughs> other things. Well, I guess you need motivation somehow, but go for it. Hang on. You've invented online multiplayer. Oh, and now you want me to have a Tamagotchi in my controller. Okay. <laughs> Who? We have... Yeah, I have some fees. That's ridiculous. Just ridiculous. It didn't have to be so complicated, but no, they want to do this gimmick and their heavenly system here. Fire. But the system was we're dunking on them pretty hard because they definitely deserve it. It was beyond its time. I was That's exactly it. If you want to sum up this episode, Sega was so ahead and beyond its time, but yet they couldn't get out of the way of themselves in the process. And also the crippling debt, which a factor too. Yeah. The fact that a Japanese oligarch on his deathbed has to be like, Okay, I'll keep you in business, but you still suck. Maybe I, yeah, we could do five more of these. I assume, yeah, I'll be back for another one of these. If listeners out there, this fascinates you, we'll have links to some of the history of development and honestly, some of the other innovations that the Dreamcast offered that, again, do not get the credit they deserve. And And if you have mean things or memes to create about Tom Kalinske, we're very open to those right now. 
And especially, you know, where they can go to do that, Mike, I'm going to plug our Gamer Radio Discord because that's a perfect place to, to have perfect. your Tom Kolaski bashing and Sega reminiscing. We love it there. And also, if you want to buy automation software for a company that doesn't do crazy shit, destroy products, <laughs> that makes it atlas.dev. That's my product. Madbotter Inc. Alice, get it. Alice in Wonderland. It's great. We have a chat GTP partnership that I really hope I didn't just sleep. Oh, so, yay. Automation. Crazy AI. Resistance is futile. Tom, you are not touching the code. <laughs> Keep them away. Lock them out. Lock them out. <laughs> Honestly, I think Tom deserves a life sentence where he has to just play. Uh, Knuck- what is it? What is the Saturn Knuckles mm-hmm. game? Oh, Knuckles Chaotix. No. What's the Knights one, though? The uh, Oh, oh uh, yeah, Knights. Yeah, that, that yeah. was it. Yeah. For forever. That, Knuckles Chaotix and Knights. And you know what? Honestly, Sonic Colors sucks, too. I know people. Oh, ooh, savage. But yes, I, I really bad. And this is the fire that I might have come out later. The new Sonic also really sucks. So. Oh, the, I sense we're going to be back about Sonic at some point. That, that's I feel my email inbox growing as Yeah, well. yeah. But Alice.dev, so if you want to cheat poorly coded SATA games. What? Oh, hot takes, hot takes, yes. All right. And on a completely different note, if you like your realms of data science, you want to know what cool things you can do with open source, check out my little podcast called Our Weekly Highlights and the R Podcast and Shiny Developer Series for some cool stuff you can do with data science. He's got the data. I'm still hacking sonic 2 so that's where we are (laughs) i won't maybe another time we can talk about some fun project where i tried to scrape video game data that was a good time it's all lord that that sounds terrible but r is a language for people who like data alice is for people who like magic maybe we could put the two together sometime no alec alice is just black magic it's it is the sega saturn of platforms Oh, really? Ooh. ooh wait, hang on. I It's wait. the Dreamcast, damn it. I've been doing this for years, and I was wrong. <laughs> God damn it. I've had Alice. It's been out for five years. God. You know what? You know what? I take it all back. Tom Kalinske. Look at him. He's so pathetic. Ew, he's disgusting. You know what, Tom? You couldn't sell. All you had to do was put Barbie on Sega. You couldn't figure that out? No? Nope. Okay, Nothing in that head of his to figure that one out. But yeah, you better quit while you're ahead, so to speak. We're, Fair enough. We're happy to have this little play defense here. But in the end, we come out of this out of love for what could have we been. We do love Tom Kalinske, and I miss my Dreamcast dreams. Yes, I do wish you luck on continuing to try and find one of those in the physical form. I know it's tough, but maybe something. Working is tough, yeah. All right, Eric, thank you for coming on. A pleasure as always, my friend. Great to be here. All right. All right, bye. Bye Bye-bye.